Charlotte Powell here, and you are up with the queen. Hashtag shine on, sis. This is for those of us who can't afford therapy and talking to the church mother just won't do. We'll be taking a provocative and in-depth look on what's been holding you back. We're going to go over those stumbling blocks that knocked you down and even those from which you thought you'd never recover. Get on up, my good sis. I'm an African-American woman who has been oppressed by my own discretions, so I'm here to release so that I can heal. Freedom comes when you remember that everything you need is already inside of you. Fair warning, I'm a little bit street, a little bit sweet, but full of the Holy Spirit, so it's all good. Um, What's up? We back again. This is our fifth go at this thing, and I so look forward to Wednesdays. I so look forward to being able to come and share and talk and and speak and learn together. Um, I see I see y'all out there getting them views up. I see y'all out there, man, uh, sharing, and I appreciate you. So I just cannot tell you how much I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate the texts and the voice messages that I receive. They are so encouraging. So let us pray, Father God. I thank you. Thank you, God. Before we mount any platform, before we go up before anybody, Father. We will stop, we will give pause, and we will give glory and honor to you. There's none like you, my God, today. There's nobody like you, King Jesus, none in heaven, none in earth, none so holy, none so righteous, and none so kind. I bless the name of the Father today because you are righteous, you are holy, and you are worthy of all praise. What dignitary can stand before our holy God? What king, even on his own throne in this earth, is greater than our God that sits on the throne of heaven? Here we are to petition the throne room for more grace, for more power for more love father god envelop us with your sweet holy spirit cover us with the precious blood of jesus may a flaming wall of fire surround and protect us go out and burn up every blockage every hindrance anything father god that would try to stand between me and thee burn it up now by the authority of the Holy Ghost, we stand in our rightful place. We stand in truth, giving honor and glory to God in Jesus' name. We're going to help somebody today, y'all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody going to get some help today. Because, see, you thought you was by yourself. You thought ain't nobody been through this but you. You thought you was the only one. What are we going to get in today? We're going to get into this diagnosis that was given over to my youngest child, um, he's seven now. So it was given over approximately three to four years ago. I want to say four just to stay in the, stay in a, in a, in a safe space of how much time that has passed. And we've been, um, under this our, tyranny. That's what I hear. Tyranny. We have been under the tyranny of a diagnosis. The title of today's podcast is autism on a budget. Hashtag Melrose Mayhem. I live here in Melrose Place. Uh, I don't even know how safe that is to say, but God is God. And that was the title he gave me. So we're going to roll with it. Hashtag, uh, what's our hashtag, y'all? Hashtag F-H-I-T-O. And I mean that from the heart. Um, My son was diagnosed with autism. Here's how he got here. Um... In the year of our Lord, 
2013. I was an online student at Northwestern State University, still still reaching for reaching for that college degree that I've been trying to get since 1999. You heard the year I said 2013, so it's uh, been the the you heard of the never ending story. It's been the never ending struggle. You understand? So there I was again, putting putting a pen to paper, putting you know face to the mat, putting 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 the chips down to 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 ascertain this piece of paper, this degree, this accomplishment, which I felt would solidify and qualify me as as a person. If we're gonna be quite frank, we still don't have the degree. But I'm still in a place, but but I am in a place where I can celebrate a me. You understand? Um, I'm here for the college dropouts. I'm here for those who felt like they've been left behind. I'm here for those who uh, made a decision and why that thing maybe didn't work that first time, baby. We willing to go back seven times until we can see that cloud uh, coming up out of the sea that's the size of a fist. You understand? If you know, you know. If you get that, thank God for you that read your Bible. <laughs> you can laugh. At any rate, let's say how Joseph got here. So mommy's in school and we already had two young men of God and the youngest, uh, two years old, two boys. And uh, was not a situation where it was let us try for another child. It was this is what came up on the plate. Uh, we got the positive result from the test. And we're going to run with it. I was ecstatic. I was elated. I was so happy. I don't know if I was happy because I then had a reason and excuse to drop out of school again or what. But I was very, very happy, y'all. So we go to the doctor. We're going through all the processes, you know, the tests and the scans and the, the different things. And they said, we see your HCG levels dropping off. They are not rising in the way that they should. So now I'm having to go to the doctor every day, every other day, every two to three days. Just however, you know, she, you know, come in and uh, do blood work and then come back two days later because, you you know, give your body enough time to build up the hormones so we can run it again. And we kept running the test. I'm having to go in, get picked on, prodded and poked for the blood work. But. Each time they pulled the HCG, HCG levels, excuse me, were dropping. And then, you know, you get to a point where it's okay, you know, Miss Powell, this is what's going on. We see that this pregnancy is not, is not viable. So we're doing the uh, ultrasounds and they say we see the egg sac, but we do not see the child. There, it's an empty sac. It's an open sac. And we've searched and we've looked and in accordance with these levels dropping, there's no viable pregnancy here. But because body shifts into baby making mode, there are things that are built up on, on the inside of your uterus and your system that they say, well, let's get that part cleaned out. Would you like to take a pill to expel these uh tissues or would you rather the surgery which is a dnc which is a doctor prescribed abortion which i did not even understand that that's what i was about to sign up for or put myself through i a believer who does not uh affirm abortions jumped on the table ran to the table 
It was two days before Christmas, December 23rd. She was like, you can take this pill. You're going to cramp up, blah, blah, blah. You can get on this table and we'll have you wrapped up. You know what I'm saying? And you just go on. And I wanted it to be over so badly. You know, if, if I can't have my baby, then let's just let the whole thing be over. And I felt so out of control with what was going on in my body and what was going on with my body that I just wanted it to be over. So again, it's December 23rd. I just felt like it was the saddest day of my life. I remember taking a picture while we were sitting out in the waiting room and, um, it, it, it was, it was really just the saddest day. It was the saddest day. Uh, because as an African-American woman, you can hear about a, a, a possible pregnancy and it's not always good news. It's not always, you know, like how you see it on TV where, Oh my God, I'm going to have a baby. It's, Oh my God, we're going to have a baby, you know? So at any rate, um, time goes on. I go for my six week checkup and about eight weeks out. So. What happened was I uh, I just felt so out of control. I'm sorry, y'all. I had to stop. See, I'm usually in the bag and wagon. And the bag and wagon is in the shop because we want her to be able to keep bagging. So I'm in the house. And in the house, there are distractions. But we will not be distracted in this moment. I simply have to try to remember where I was before my dog walked in and opened the door and I could then hear the children in the background on their tablets. So let's see, where were we? Oh yeah. So, um, it, it, it's not always the, the, Oh my God, we're pregnant. Sometimes it's, Oh my God, we're pregnant. But, um, with that third pregnancy that came up, I was ecstatic. I was elated. I was overjoyed, uh, because I really just felt like, okay, this is my girl. And we'll have, you know, the little matching, the girl and the boy and the little girl that comes looking like the mommy, you know, cute and fat and chubby and yellow. So with, with, with long reddish brown hair, I was, I wanted it all. So at any rate, um, uh, by that eighth week, I was in so much pain. I'd been through all the checkups. I'd got all the clearances. And I just remember, because uh, you, you do go through a period of mourning as well. But in that eighth week, I was out shopping. And it was a pain that came across the bottom of my abdomen. And I just remember, because pain had been, pain had been. and you, But baby, these strong black women, we push through so much, y'all. We push through so much that we don't even tell people it'll be pains in our body that we forget to mention because you learn how to block it out. You learn how to put it off. You learn how to just um, push it down, push it back and deal with it, push it away to the side. But but that thing hit me in such a way. I told my husband, we got to go to the yard. ER. That's it. We got to go to the doctor. So we go to the emergency room, my husband and I, and the people began to do all the things. And I let them know all the things that had happened. And they uh, do an ultrasound. And as they do the ultrasound, they turn the screen away from me so that I can't see it. Because I not only had the pain in my abdomen, I'd also began to express milk from my breasts. And the nurse came in and she seemed very irritated and very agitated. Why are you here? I said, well, I have this pain in my abdomen, you know, yada, yada, yada. So what do you mean? Why are you here? Why did you come here? And I mean, I mean, she was upset. She was upset. Like, my pain is doing something to her like she feel it. Um, at any rate, they wouldn't let me see 
the screen and after a, 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 a certain amount of time, a, a much longer amount of time, I feel like they was giving the doctor time to get there and run everything down. They came on in and made the announcement. There's a six month old baby here. Did you hear what I said? Six months old. Six months. And this is after a DNC that was only six to eight weeks prior. I laid on the table. I was put to sleep and had. Now, if you know anything about an, uh, uh, an abortion in that process, they use uh, tools to cut and tear and rip and maim and chop whatever tissue that is in that uterus. Uh, chop it to bits, and then they use a very high-pressured vacuum to pull it all out. Now, of course, different legal things have taken place since then. Nothing really ever uh, came of it because I really want to say it's, uh, you know, that good old boys club. No, no doctor is going to go against another doctor and say that there was something done wrong here. And there's no lawyer that is going to prosecute a doctor. No lawyer in, in Louisiana is going to go against a doctor that's in Louisiana Um or you know what I'm saying to to say there was something done something done wrong here and y'all the process and the different mental strides that I went through during this uh during this turmoil and confusion you can't even you can't you can't understand unless it's happened to you I believe because I literally thought I dropped my basket you said there's no baby but I still feel the kick. You said baby is dead, but I still feel a turning down in my belly. Can you hear what I'm saying to you right now? I'm expressing milk. I'm I'm still nauseous. I remember being so mad at God. I said, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. You mean to tell me I can't have my baby, but I still got to have morning sickness. You mean to tell me I can't have my baby, but I still feel horrible. I can't even get up. I want to, you know, throw up anytime I'm eating. So I'm still going through the, the, the movements and the motions and the strides of pregnancy. But you're telling me I can't even have my baby. And then we get to this place. So, again, the, the, the joy returns um, because I thought I'd lost my basket. I thought I'd lost it. I say, well, Charlotte, that's it, baby. They finna have to put you, you know, in a mental institution. God help me today. They finna have to put you away because you done lost it. Because I do, I, I, I believe greatly. I believe heavily. I remember it was a time, because it's like whatever I believe about a thing, like that's just what it is. And you can't convince me of anything else. And that's just the way my faith works. And I promise you it works for me. Um, My husband said, we're going to Walmart. But something happened and they ended up going to Target. And I remember I could see the Target bags coming in, but in my mind, it was Walmart. And I'm pulling the items out of the bag and I'm looking at, because, you know, Target has a store brand. I can't think of what it is right now. And I'm looking at that Target store brand stuff or whatever coming, literally coming out of this Target bag. And my brain is saying does not compute. Because I was fully convinced they'd gone to Walmart because that's what he told me. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to believe whatever he say. 
So whatever I believe or think about a thing, it take God himself to come and change. I forget to give up. They'll say, hey, it's been it's been certain things. I'll be in a contest or entered into something and the, the time have already lapsed for for entry or for, you know, the announcing of who the winner is. That don't matter to me. I done had stuff come up. They say, well, the time lapsed and the person wasn't able to receive this and you were, you were the next name on the list. And I had to tell my girlfriend, I said, girl, I forgot to give up. I forgot that the deadline was the 30th. I'm still, I'm still, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to win. Thank you, Jesus. And I can't wait for them to call me. And they called too. Because I believe heavy and I believe strong. So I really have to guard what I believe. Because once I believe it, it's a done deal. And once I say it, it's already done. But that is a giving over and a, and a, and a it's a notch in God's belt, not mine is what I really want to express in this moment. That is a notch in a in a in a, a diamond in my in my king's crown. I'm just the beneficiary. So at any rate, we have this sweet baby Joseph. And his his grandfather had been wanting that that fourth. My husband is the third and he'd been wanting that fourth. I'm like it, 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 <laughs> Let me go on and name this baby, uh, this name that, that his grandfather wants so I can have, stop having half to have kids because this man is not going to rest until he get there for it. And that's that's what we did. So we have J4 and um, life begins with a newborn as life begins with a newborn. And then things begin to differentiate from the experiences I'd had with my first two kids. Uh, he just seemed wired at all times. Very hard to to settle and get down. And then once he was down, you had to be so still and so quiet because it was like anything would get him back up. And even if he had been up all day and all night, and if he went down for five minutes and something disturbed him or alerted him or broke him up out of that sleep, right back up. So it it was it was it was trying. It was a testing. Um the first two years he did not talk. Uh my first child, and I mean you don't want to compare children, but I'm just giving my experience. Uh Jeremiah, by the time he was one, it's already all those little check marks and letters and numbers and names and this and that and colors and shapes and oh baby because you can't tell me I don't birth geniuses every single last one of them you better hear me but uh that first time mommy of course you know we just hitting every every milestone we checking off all the boxes and then here we are with this third baby and you know I don't even know what to do so we get I knew something was off and I knew something was, and I have to use the word wrong, and I knew I needed help, but I didn't know exactly what help I needed. And everybody kept putting me off. Every concern I brought to the pediatrician, it was always oh, too early and we'll just wait and see what happens. And I'm like, -uh. somebody going to help me now. Somebody going to help me now. So I was absolutely the mommy who was signing him up. I remember uh, going to get him because I think Dufrock would take kids as early as, I don't know if it was three or four, but it's one of those super early ranges. It must be four. It can't be no three-year-old in elementary, but 
uh we got him over there to do frock and it was just hell on wheels every single day um because he is who he is and you know mommy loves you so with the tantrums and the outbursts and the not being able to be corralled and not being able to be consoled um just called every day, come get him, and this happened, and that happened, and we can't get him to do this. And, you know, the teachers, they don't want to deal with it. <sighs> they don't want to deal with it. But I knew he was not ready for school. My take on it was if I can get him in front of somebody that sees he needs help, then we'll be able to get the help. I'm the mommy that was showing up at the school board office. I remember the lady saying, uh, oh, my God, you came in. It was like a ball of light walked through the door. And you're right. Because, baby, I'm coming on a mission and I'm coming bringing all of my heavenly hosts and angels with me because we got to get some stuff done. I remember because, you know, it, it really just seems like whenever it's time for me to get into something, it's always that. Well, it's a it's a slim to none. I remember the lady because I met the school board office writing his name on sticky pads and putting it on people's desks. Well, the lady you want to speak to, she's not here today. Where's her computer? And boop, putting his name right there and boop, putting his name on that one's computer and boop, writing his name on notes and sticking it on their desk. Whoever I thought could help, anybody that could help, well, it's a slim to none chance that he's going to get in. It's a slim to none chance. Oh, baby, that's all I need. I said, well, honey, that's all I need. Y'all going to stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. I say, that's all I need. And then the next thing I know, I'll be getting that call. Well, his, his name was on the list or they pulled his name because everything, you know, they love to pretend like everything is a lottery and we don't we don't have control over that. And we don't know who going to get pulled when. Well, but honey, I know I know. pull my ticket. That's who ticket, baby. It, it ain't over to Charlotte when you better hear what I'm saying to you. So it's just been so much. And if I can be absolutely honest and you know, I will be. Uh, I've had the hardest go with the women that look like me. If I can say this this way, these white ladies fall over themselves to help. To what? Now, what can we do, Miss Charlotte? Miss Powell, what can we get done? And we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I did this and I tried that because, and I, I said uh, autism on a budget because um, you do the research, you, you know, you, you turn into a Magnum PI. <laughs> Is anybody old enough to get that reference? Uh, holla at your girl if you know who that is. Um, and I'm researching and reading books and pulling every study and just gathering as much information as I can. And then with the tools and tricks and tips that they give, um, how do I make this happen? So I'm in the Dollar Tree, baby. You can't tell me Dollar Tree ain't got what you need because uh, I'll take this uh, ball of yarn and container of glitter. You understand? And uh, make all, all the different stuff they have on all those sites for sensory. Uh, uh, I can make it. I can do that. I'll get it done. You better believe me. Um, but like I was saying, it's African-American women, the women that look like me, the women that will be my aunties and mamas and cousins that have given me the hardest run. That's who I'm going to get that call from every single day. That's who's going to send that. Not a little note. Well, Joseph didn't have a good day or Joseph had this going on. Well, well, he took his shoe off and I'm looking like. I I don't even know. Can I? Where's my wait? Really? Really? 
you gotta you had to make a whole notation. It, it just really I, I felt like they was trying to like 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 paper whip my child like let me make this list as long as possible let me pad this and i'm not saying that, that he is um free from from all sin and evil that is not what i'm saying i what i'm saying is work with the kid you know where's your grace where's your love what what did you try to do different maybe it's something you need to go and and study up on maybe it's something you need to try maybe it's something you need to google so you can be an answer like stop giving me situations my name is charlotte and i'm full of solutions and I'm here because I need your help. I'm coming to you as an expert in your field. You don't, You got the degree. Where is your solution? Where is your answer? So it, it's been it's been a work, y'all. It's been a work. I can't tell you how many tears, how many prayers, how many fights and arguments. I have been uh, almost banned from campuses, uh, threatened people. Uh, jumped out of vehicles on folks like I ain't saying I'm not don't don't think that uh because you see innocence sure led and you see the power of God moving that humanity is not there I'm just as human and flesh and blood as anybody else and here you gonna go messing with my baby y'all it was a, a trigger for the longest time and what I've come to find out is that the young one was actually just a mirror. He was a mirror that I had to hold up to myself and see myself in him. I had to see the places where I could do things better, where things could be done differently and how I had to stop because see, I was drinking about it. Uh-huh. And I was smoking about it. Uh-huh. And I was picking fights with my husband about it. Uh-huh. And I was lashing out at my kids about it. Uh-huh. And I was ready to, because I come from the switch and the belt and that stension cord uh, movement. Abuse, really. And it was a place where I was ready to go back to what I knew. Not that it worked for me or on me, but I I felt out exhausted on my options. You ain't listening to me. I'm going to bully you. Ah, there's the word. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to bully you to the place of obedience. I'm going to bully you to the place of submission. And the, the, very, the very, very, very first thing my child said to me, because it was something he done and the crying, the screaming, I mean, just constant crying, y'all, because everything was a fight. If we were going to do something, we I had to fight him to do it. Then it went, when it's time to stop, I got to fight you to stop. To get the shoe on, I got to fight you. Here, come on, let me put the shoe on. We got to get the shoe on so we can leave. And we could just be going to try to go get some eggs. Well, come on, let's get the shirt on. Well, let me put the shirt over your head. Well, come on, let's just put the arm in your shirt. Well, hit, okay, we got one on. And, uh, no, it was everything was a fight and whining. And, and I still have two other kids. And I still got a household. And I still got a husband. And I still got myself. And it was draining every single this, this is no excuse. I'm just letting you know the facts and what, what all was on the table. And I was so exhausted and exasperated with the whole the whole thing 
whatever was going on, he was having an outburst. And these outbursts are just, it's just a child who is not being heard. And it's a need. He could be sleepy. He could be hungry, tired, uh, itchy, uh, dry skin, needing a bath, overstimulated, need to decompress, need a space in a quiet room, need a hug, need attention, all these things. But with him being unable to express it, and it was just whining and crying. And then my emotional uh, lack of maturity say it and hear what I'm saying. I'm stunned. You stunned. Baby, we ain't no help to each other. So what happened was I grabbed a belt because that's, that's what I knew to do. And he saw the belt and he said, Mommy, I'm scared. And as the first thing, my autism diagnosed child said to me, after years of being nonverbal and not being able to talk, he had to talk to save his own life. So it's, it's gut-wrenching and it's shameful to have to say it. And in I don't want to say it because if I say it, I'll hear it. And if I hear it, I know it's true. But today, today, literally today, because the things didn't stop. But I did know in that moment, Charlotte, you got to do something different. You got to do better than this. And that is what prompted the studying and the seeking out information and patience and growth and where I would had been turning my anger towards him, I began to turn it towards myself. So that's where you'll see uh, the 400 pound Charlotte and you'll see the Charlotte that is high and the Charlotte that is drunk. You won't know it. You won't know it. You won't know it. But if you can't see, you wouldn't be able to see me. Because I was very good at hiding. And before my day would start, I'll have vodka in my hand and vodka down my throat. I'm going to drink vodka before I, you know, you wake up in the morning, you like, you know, you run to the potty and you have like a glass of water. No, I'm going to the bathroom and I'm going to get this bottle because I got to get through this day and I can't put my frustration on them and I wouldn't turn it over to Jesus. I would not turn it over to Jesus. I would not turn it over to Jesus. Now I'm praying. I'm crying out. I'm praying or just crying. Really crying and snotting and Jesus help me. And what do I do? Rest. Well, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Rest. Well, well, how do I rest? Well, what do I need to do when rest? And I wouldn't turn it over. I would smoke it, drink it. Pretend it wasn't happening. Run away. Oh, baby, give me a trip. Give me a trip anywhere. I'm getting out of here. I am leaving here, baby. I'm hitting the highway. I'm gone for the weekend. Don't call. Don't look for me. I do not exist. And I ran and ran and ran for years. And my house began to fall. And my house began to fail because I was out of position. And because of the posture I was in, it was like you could physically see it 
on myself and my children, my husband, even the house looked like it began to age or, or gray, uh, uh, like a thick film was growing <laughs> on the outside. But today, we are in God and on track and living a clean and holy life, sanctified to the Father. And the restoration season has begun. He's giving joy back and love and peace. There's peace here. There uh, have been things that have happened and come up, of course, at the school. But it's just not the same. I'm not the same. And it's made all the difference. But it really took every single last one of these years to get to this place because I fought against God's grace for so long. I fought against it. Like it can't be that easy. It can't be this simple. You know, I'm going to have to be, you know, sweating from my brow and praying until my countenance changes and blood must be pouring from my pores, you know? But it was as simple as letting that thing go that got us over into a, a different place. So I'm grateful today. Today, the call comes through and we get calls. We get calls and it used to put a knot down in my stomach and make everything on the inside of me boil. Because it's like, what do I have to go handle now? How do I have to run and defend my child? How do I, you know what I'm saying? What am I going to have to deal with from these people today? And what he told me is I'm going to teach them, train them, or move them. And God is no shorter than his word. And that's exactly what he's been doing. When I start hearing, well, this person said they just can't handle working in the classroom with your child anymore. They're leaving. Like, that don't strike me as I got already said. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to train them. Or I'm going to move them. Now, they might think it's their idea. And they may think they came up with the, you know, plan to, uh, you know, this is just too much for me. And I just, I'm not going to go through it anymore. But he said he was going to move them. So, if you're moving, that's what God already said. So, it is what it is. And today. I keep saying today because literally today. Uh, whatever today is, I don't even know the date. Um, let's check and see. Let's January 19th. Uh, about 2.30. Call comes in. And these calls come in, and I'm like, God, grab, who, what did he do? Like, you know, school get out at, you know, that time. What did he do that you can't even make it to carpool? But it's, now he ain't in school suspension right now. <laughs> but it's the, the teacher that was with him, and she, you know, told us all these things. You know, I'm not from this school, and this is my first time here, and everybody knows Joseph, and everybody was asking me, well, how did it go? Because they waiting on the report, you know, what did Joseph do today? You know, what mayhem and turmoil or whatever, like what happened with Joseph today? But the report that is going forth in the earth realm, ah, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, here's my captain. Hey, and he fights my battles for me. Thank you, God. The report that is going for today is, parents, I just wanted to call you personally and let you know myself with my own words, my own voice. 
what a great day Joseph had today that we got to talk. And she made mention how, you know, I'm here with your son, but he was reminding me, she was like, my son is 40 years old. But when I see your son, I see my son and I can see so much of my child in your child. And we sat here and we talked and all the things that the people tried to tell me could possibly happen. None of those things presented today. And we talked and we talked some things out and we went over the things that had been done wrong and he understands better what things we need to do you know what i'm saying to stay uh on the right path and stay on the up and up and stay out of trouble he has another day of in school suspension tomorrow you wouldn't even think it you know with a seven-year-old that this is the type of stuff that's going on but god knows and here we are and it is all to the glory of God because it is the building of a testimony. Joseph is genius. And it's just a matter of having him and getting him in the right environment, in the right medium, having the right people around him. And I put God, this is the prayer that was going forth today. I say, God, you said you was going to teach him, you was going to train him, or you was going to move him. You said trust you. You said rest. And God has come to my rescue and it was just a matter of time before we get in that call getting that report it's been a beautiful day we have no complaints uh so i'm excited i'm excited to see what happened next what happens next i'm super grateful to god that he is a god of honor and he keeps his word and he doesn't get frustrated with us and he doesn't get you know tired of us coming uh, and he actually asked for us to cast our cares on him. So that's what I ask you to do today. Whatever is bogging you down, holding you down, holding you hostage, let that chain break. Let that thing fall to the ground and be ground to dust, to blow away in the wind of the Holy Spirit. I'm a storyteller. Y'all walk with me because um, I'm grateful to God. And my prayer is that it won't take you as long as it took me. If you don't kick against the prick, if you don't fight the answer that God has made available for you. Uh, check out my website, y'all. ShirletPowell.com if you need to reach out to me. Let's pray about this thing. Reach out to me. Connect at ShirletPowell.com. You can catch me at 430s every Friday on uh, the Kingdom Hour show. I'm a co-host there. You can find that on any streaming site as well. You know, the YouTubes, you know, all the things, Roku's and Apple TV. I'm the author of You Are a Creator, Sonship, The Return to What Should Have Never Been Forgotten. And this thing is really just a matter of remembering your God-given power, your God-given authority, that God has made you promises and you have benefits. And it's just a matter of Putting them to work. Put the word to work. Work the word. All of that. Somebody make it a hashtag. Uh, but I love you. God bless you. Catch me on TikTok. Charlotte Powell. Anywhere you look. Charlotte Powell. Y'all be good. Love you much. Bye.